As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Do you feel like you're the only young person who cares about your Catholic faith? Do you look around at Mass and only see silver foxes? We're Jake and Kathy, a young adult married couple, and we're here to tell you, you're not alone. That's why it's time to get Truth Pops. You're going to get a podcast designed specifically for you, a young adult Catholic in a pop culture world. The countdown is on for Truth Pop. We'll connect Christ into culture. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that didn't win a trip to space, but hopefully will get a constellation prize. It's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop streaming live. Most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. I'm your host, Darren Dicer, and he's my five star and five foot something co host, Andrew Ormsby. I'm six foot. And each week we'll <laughs> chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. You're exactly six feet tall, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I, I knew it. I was just, I was like, we'll just call it 5'11 and, you know. Oh, there's, a, there's that whole thing on Tinder <laughs> on finding out where guys actually have to say that they're six foot now. Because if you say you're anything below six foot, nobody's interested. Oh. Yeah. Those picky girls. I know. I do I do a lot of uh, spinal decompression just to make sure <laughs> I'm never, you know, shrinking or anything yeah, like well, that. Yeah, well, my dad is six feet tall. Mm-hmm. And uh, or it was like when he played basketball and that kind of stuff. But he's now like five eleven. Yeah, moving towards five ten. I mean, it just it kind of the you're right. The spinal compression is kind of thing that happens. Uh, I am six uh, six or you was. You have no qualms about ever being below six foot. No, I don't think I'm going to shrink <laughs> below six foot. But I think I am down to six five. Maybe I'm not sure. I haven't really measured in a long time. But yeah. anyway, well, uh, just gotta go to a different bank or a different grocery store. And as you leave, you know, you're like, okay, so this is the bank that <laughs> says that I'm six foot. Yeah, make sure you rob something so everybody else, yeah. you know, is paying attention as well. Get some Tom Cruise. Yeah, platform I, shoes. I apologize uh, for saying five foot. Size. I was at a, I was in a bind. There aren't a lot of five words. No, there are. There's, there's just not a lot. But thanks for saying them five star. You are absolutely five star out of ten. Uh, all right, no five out of five. Just so we're clear, you're five out of five. Uh, we've got a one. fun show. Uh, we're going to review a couple movies again this this week. That's kind of common for the fall. Um, because the awards movies are coming out, different things are happening. Um, you know, just we've got an awards movie this week, and then a, a general culture movie this week. 
you know yeah yeah rambo and ad astra yeah uh kind of going up against each other so we're going to talk about both of those of course got a buried treasure that we're going to do we've got a best ever challenge went broad I'm not sure. I couldn't remember us ever doing this before. So we're going to do best ever Brad Pitt movies. He certainly had quite a career, and we're going to talk about some of his movies. So, just a little teaser um, for whenever I like make my uh, best ever challenge. I do one through five for uh, my top five. Yeah, and then I do A through whatever for my honorable mentions. Uh-huh. I got all the way down to N for Brad Pitt movies. <laughs> I have a total of 24 movies uh, listed, so I've got 19 honorable mentions as well. Yeah. Um, and that's not all of them, because there, there are some that even a lot of people like that I don't have on my list, just because I don't like them quite as much. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't even... Yeah. Brad's face on a baby's body. Uh, all right. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, we've got uh, also, of course, a buried treasure, which I think I mentioned in the two reviews that we'll do, but we like to kick it off with some Do We Care? Hey! Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick three topics for us to discuss, and we must decide, do we care or not? Number one, Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell will make a Christmas Carol musical. Yeah, I just saw this, I think this morning this popped up in my news feed, and I'm game. Bring it on, man. I love musicals. I know you do. And I love Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. <laughs> and, and Christmas together, Carol. And Christmas This Carol. is like the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup of movies. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's like, you got, you got your musical and my comedy. So what do you think? Is like, who's going to be like Scrooge? Or do you think Ryan Reynolds is going to be Scrooge? I have no idea how this is going to work. It's, it's actually the only part of this that uh, I'm not excited about. The actual Christmas Carol story. It's about story. the Christmas I mean, yeah. how many times do we need to see that story done we, in a different way? We already have Muppet Christmas Carol, and that's the best one. And that's all you need is the Muppet Christmas Carol. Honestly, I, that's my favorite Christmas movie. Just do something new. Do something else. Make a Christmas music, a new Christmas musical. Do you know how huge that could be? People go watch it year after year after year. Now it just becomes another Christmas Carol adaptation. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, that's the least exciting part of the news is that it's a Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. So, But as far as who's Scrooge... I would imagine Ryan Reynolds is going to yeah. be a very sarcastic Scrooge. Oh, yeah. I can see that. That would be my guess. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see Will Ferrell back in another Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Elf was a huge hit. Yeah. And was Ryan Reynolds ever in a uh, Christmas movie? Probably. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Deadpool. <laughs> no, that's a Valentine's Day movie. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number two, I just put down uh, the 2019 Emmys to see if you had any predictions. Or... I don't. Uh, the the Again, there's such a, a fracturing in the media space. There's so many TV shows. Um, I, I think it could be fascinating. I guess I, I, w- I will make a prediction that Chernobyl is going to clean up in the... Uh, Every single thing it's nominated for. Well, yeah. And all the you know short series, limited series, whatever that category is, yeah. Chernobyl is going to clean up. Yeah. Uh, other than that... Um, yeah, I don't I don't have a ton of predictions. Here's the big one, though. Do you think... Because a lot of people are saying they think Game of Thrones is going to win. I don't think it <sighs> People will. like to do that. I mean, the final season, people like yeah. to award things. I don't know. I, I would love to see some of that final season magic uh, given to Julia Louis-Dreyfus oh, Veep. Uh, in Veep. Isn't that comedy, though? Yes. No, no, no. I'm not I'm not saying instead of Game of Thrones. Oh. I'm just saying if if there's going to be something that benefits from that, I hope it's her because I, she's one she is possibly the maybe not even possibly. Maybe it's just a, a, a considered 
that it's a fact that she's the best comedic actress ever on television. Like the stuff that she's done. I mean, you've got Mary Tyler Moore in that conversation, but but Lucy had Lucy and pretty much just Lucy. I mean, Julia Louis-Dreyfus has done it several times. (laughs) I can see. It continues to be incredible. Yeah. Her, Amy Poehler, uh, are up there. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I I would love to see her win another Emmy. How many she won already? Not enough. For, for best actress in a comedy. I think she holds the record. She's basically the Meryl Streep of Emmys. Of yeah, of the Emmys. So <laughs> I'd lo- I just I'd love to see her win one more. Yeah, I'm down for that. Um I would definitely I'm right there with you though. I want Chernobyl to win every single thing it can. Yeah. Because it should be great. Yeah. And number three, <clears throat> this one's crazy. Allegedly, because the numbers haven't been released yet, allegedly, Netflix paid Five hundred million dollars for the streaming rights to Seinfeld, and Warner Media paid a billion dollars for the streaming rights to Big Bang Theory. Wow! Who owns the streaming rights to Big Bang Theory? Warner now. Well, no, but who did? Like NBC, wasn't it? Is it NBC? Yeah. See, this is this is what's fascinating to me. Uh, Your, I think these numbers are huge, and also possibly not enough i this is this is insane to say and i get it but the streaming wars are the defining thing as to what media companies will succeed in the next 10 years yeah i it's just one of those things where if i were nbc and they're going to launch this Peacock yeah. that they've talked about, which I, you didn't have in Do We Care, so we can just throw it in here. I thought we talked about it last week. Did we talk about it? I thought it just the announcement came out this week. But either way, I'll just mention it here. Oh, uh, Big Bang is CBS. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, why wouldn't you keep those for yourself? Um, and I thought of this the same when who, who Netflix bought who? Seinfeld. Seinfeld. I thought about NBC. Just like, if you're going to launch the Peacock... And you've been willing to take uh, the office off of Netflix and not mm-hmm. take their money for that. Why are you taking their money for Seinfeld when that could be another thing, you know? And why is Friends on HBO Max? Like, I, I, I it, it confuses me what's happening here. And yeah. I just think if you are a media company, your library is possibly the most crucial thing to you right now. And I don't understand why you would sell it out now. I don't. I don't know that I've seen how long these contracts are for. Yeah, so that's another does, thing. Uh, that's important information, right? Five-year values estimated for the biggest deals. So yeah, I believe all all four of those are five years. So this the 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 graphic that I'm seeing says five-year Audio values. Podcaster. <laughs> that's why I said that I'm seeing uh, in describing it. The five-year values are the biggest deals to date. So the five-year value is a billion. Uh, according to this, so uh, it the ranges can... from six hundred million to a billion for Big Bang Theory. Yeah, I mean, the obvious math would be that like CBS All Access is going to say that we would have never made two hundred million per year, uh, anyways, and so this is a better deal for us or whatever. But I don't know, like, but on the long game, yeah, that's your strength is keeping that stuff for for your service. I like, and maybe they're thinking this is fine have it for five years right and then, well, then, then we'll take it back because that's yeah. when the long game really kicks in but yeah. i don't know it's good man i'm telling you that i've rarely been as fascinated by anything as much as i am by the streaming wars i think yeah. it's it's going to be this truly is fascinating. our generation of the cola wars 
Sure. Absolutely. And it's crazy to think. Here's here's my issue. NBC launching Peacock, CBS All Access, they have to know that they're not going to win. Well, NBC, again, I, I said this when we talked about the streaming wars several weeks back. NBC's strength is their library because that's universal. Yeah. So the movie part of that equation of the Peacock is going to be a very interesting thing. Yeah. Um, so, and, and the same for Warner, actually. Yeah. That, that's going to be a very interesting part of their library. But uh, I just, again, I think people have room for four, maybe five. And yeah. I, uh, after that, people start to get really annoyed. I'm not getting apples, even yeah. though it's four ninety nine. There's, there's not not enough there. No. Yeah. No, not at all. I might get it for a month. Watch the two movies that they have. And then I'll yeah. cancel it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. But uh, but uh, again, I may be the weird one. I don't know that this is crazy. I I think this might actually be legitimate uh, business purchases. Yeah, especially if you're Netflix and you don't have your own library. Like you got to have something. Yeah. So that will be interesting. That is going to wrap it up for Do We Care. Very nice. Well, let's get into some movie reviews. Okay. Let's talk about Ad Astra. a crisis of unknown magnitude. We believe your father may be involved. My father's dead. What exactly are you requiring from me? Exploration isn't always a noble venture. We have to hold out the possibility that your father may be hiding from us. A man journeys across a lawless solar system to find his missing father, a renegade scientist who poses a threat to humanity. Or does he? Gun, gun, gun. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, this is a Brad Pitt movie, through and through, right? Like, it's... it's. Is it? I mean, every single scene is from his perspective. Oh, I the thought movie... you meant, like, it feels like it is a, oh, a no, typical... Oh, no, no, no. I just, yeah. I just mean, this is, it, this is kind of one of those movies where you walk out going... Oh, we were in Brad Pitt's face for 100% of this movie. <laughs> Which, yeah. if you're going to be in somebody's face, a, Brad Pitt's not a bad face to a, be in. It's a good face. It's a good he face. He's a gorgeous face. Uh, you can tell that even from the trailer. I think he's in like 80% of the frames in that trailer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. So, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I hated it. Ooh! Oh, that's going to be interesting. I hated it. Oh, man. I can't wait for you to tell me why. Uh, I really only have one minor negative that I can see people having with this movie. Uh, and it wasn't a negative for me. I loved this movie. Uh, on the, on the, <laughs> to, be, to be fair, on the low side, I loved it. So, you know... But uh, but yeah, let's good dinosaur it. Tell me, tell me, uh, should I start or should you? You, you start. You start. I always start with the love. Okay, I can throw out like my one pro for this movie. It is gorgeous. It really is. It's like a yeah. It's like a very Kubrick because there's like really and uh, also very Villeneuve with the way they work with colors and stuff like that. There's this one particular scene where they're going down this hallway and there's just red light, you know, illuminating through the pillars and stuff mm-hmm. and the way that the light moves with them. It was gorgeous. The movie, yeah. whole movie's like that. James though. Gray, who directed this movie, mm-hmm. uh, is he? he's a very visual artist. He loves... Lost City Z. Yeah, he loves to do beautiful visuals, and I think that is on display here. Uh, the visuals are not only really beautiful to look at they're evocative 
there's there's an emotional energy to the visuals here that I find mm-hmm. fascinating. So yes, you are absolutely one hundred percent right. That is definitely one of my positives as well. One of one of my main positives actually is how gorgeous this movie is yeah. to look at. And everything else, everything else is awful, according to Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's all the other things I loved. Uh, I think Brad. Pitt has had his two best performances in the same year. I think he's as incredible here as he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, and there's some close-up work here that I've never seen from Brad Pitt. I've never seen him do... There's a scene involving a microphone, I'll just say. And my wife and I both walked out of the movie theater just like blown away by that scene and the performance in that scene. Um, and a lot of it had to do with his performance. A lot of it, again, because performances don't happen in a vacuum. A lot of it had to do with the way it was edited. A lot of it had to do with the camera angles and the distance from his face and what it caught. The The camera is able to capture some interesting facial things that are happening with him uh, in that scene and a couple others that I think really emphasize his performance. So that was one of my major uh, positives. Sounds like it was a negative for you. So you can either talk about that now or we can save it up to you. Um, this is just going to encompass everything for me, but it's a part of it. In okay. Performances. This movie is such a drag. Okay. Like it is so slowly paced. And I think that a lot of that has to do with just how emotionless. I feel a lot of these performances are. I don't... Nothing was evoked from any of the performances, even Brad Pitt, um, where I was like, oh, man, I just want to live in this moment with Hmm. this character. I want to know more about... I didn't care about anybody. Oh, I'm so sorry, man. I mean, I couldn't disagree more. I know, yeah, yeah. But I I I, I I apologize for that experience. Oh, man, your movie sounds great. Uh, yeah, I wish you had seen my movie too. Yeah. It, it's it's one of those things where uh, I, it's it's hard for me to understand because yeah. again, the movie I saw, I felt to its core. Yeah. Now, the one negative that I was going to say, the one thing that I I can see people having a problem with this movie is the pacing. Yeah. I can see th- if you don't again sink into, and we kind of had a very similar discussion with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood too, yeah. where there where you f- really felt the length of that movie. Oh god, yeah. And I did not. And I think we're having the same response here. And maybe for me, maybe I'm ready to relax into movies more these days. Maybe I'm I'm kind of done with the aesthetic of bang, 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 get to the next. Like, I'm ready to live with these characters and experience their lives a little bit more. And because of that, what's interesting is I had the exact opposite reaction. I feel like the space we're given, huh, literally, with these mm-hmm. characters allows us to feel their emotion even more. And to feel, especially with the Brad Pitt character, which again is pretty much this whole movie. Yeah. To especially feel with the Brad Pitt character what he is doing with his emotions. In other words, for a lot of this movie, he is shut off from his emotions. And then when he is allowed to experience those emotions, it becomes really dynamic, I felt. I will give the movie this. A lot of movies, whenever they do with space or anything, it's always action-packed. But in reality, space travel or and, you know, even like being an astronaut in general is incredibly boring. And I mean that from a sense of right. the extremes that we see from the Hollywood movies, like even in uh, Gravity or, mm-hmm. you know, even Apollo 13, which, yes, it's based on a true story, but they're always about 
a suspenseful a suspenseful event. Mm-hmm. Space travel in itself it, over incredible distances like this will be boring. Monotony. Yes. Pure monotony. And not only that, not only as far as like time-wise, but also as far as spatially the aloneness, the vulnerability, yeah. and this will get to another positive. I'll just go ahead and transition to what may be my main positive from this movie. This movie is it uses the aloneness of space to build this beautiful metaphor uh, about relationships and about the idea of being separated from people. Um, I made a joke on Twitter recently that, you know, welcome to your uh, annual now space movie that's a metaphor for parenting issues because <laughs> it seems yeah. like it happens every single year. Yeah. Uh, and but in this case, there's there's not just interesting father son stuff happening here. Yeah which is something I think a lot of us can relate to. But there's also an interesting religious angle to this. The movie really uses religious uh, imagery and religious, um, what's just spoken word. Uh, Many of these scenes feel like prayers. In fact, there's narration at the end that is pretty much the Lord's Prayer, but from a humanist point of view. And there's, there's a fascinating thing that's going on here that I think when you start to apply the metaphor of Heavenly Father to a lot of what's going on here. And I think there there's somebody saying, it felt to me, whether it's in the writing, the directing, the whole piece, that there's something being said here about feeling distant from God and feeling, is there a God or is there no God or what are God's motives or what are, you know, just kind of this idea of exploring that. Um, and I, you know, I don't want to spoil some of the moments that happen toward the end of, end of this movie, but there are direct things that are said that I have literally heard uh, former Christians who are now atheists say about their experience uh, in letting go of God. Uh, and there are things that happen in this movie if you start to see, again, the father character as a God character and Brad Pitt's character as man, yeah. you know, that, that kind of play into some of that stuff. That kind of stuff is always, you know this about me, that kind of stuff is always going to thrill me. I am I love thinking deeper about movies. And so yeah. anytime I can read a pretty potent metaphor like I do here, mm-hmm. I'm going to have a, a more positive reaction. I didn't uh, pick up on the religious uh, metaphors, but now that you've you know talked about him i definitely can see him but i think that full full front of this movie is a literal father son you know absolutely 100 percent. and honestly i'm gonna have to wait for spoilers but that metaphor definitely fell short for me and i really am excited to tell you why i have so many <laughs> so many problems with that aspect of the movie and oh, that's so the problem great. is that is literally the movie is, right. is no, all totally. based on totally. that. So yeah. if I have an issue with the way that it's being presented, then the entire movie is going to fall short for me. Um, all right, let's let's disagree on one more thing here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe not disagree. Maybe it's just not something that, that matters as much to you as it does to me. I love it when a movie presents me with a future that feels authentic and real. And I felt like the world building of what the future was in this movie was fascinating to me. The way space travel worked, the, you know, the commercialization of space travel, all the, just the little nuance of what that would be like. What is Virgin Atlantic to the moon look like? What is, you know, those kind of things. I really dug. 
The commercialization aspect of it, I definitely was all in on. I thought, I'm like, it's, it reminded me of her in the yes, sense exactly. that I was it's like, this is, like, this part of it is definitely... It feels real. Yeah. But there were other elements of this movie that I felt really didn't mesh well with that because I'm like half of the you know near future predictions were so real and then half of the other half was really ridiculous for me that uh, it kind of tarnished what is, I is loved there a way non-spoilery it. you could say what like one There's, that, that you, did, you were like that's ridiculous come on um the way there was a real quick criminal uh chase mm-hmm. I guess I'll say sure that I felt was ridiculous and then, then there was also a scene that I absolutely hated that um, <laughs> dealt with uh, checking out an SOS. Okay. I'm not, sure, I'm, I'm not sure I'm following the second one, but that's okay. Where they have to go and uh, check out like a distress call. Oh. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Loathe that scene. That whole <laughs> really? section. Yeah. It's fascinating, Andrew. Here, That's fascinating. I'm so thing. sorry you had a bad this, experience with this movie, man. This movie treats you like Brad Pitt's character in the sense that he is on a need-to-know basis about his mission. Sure. Therefore, a lot of the information that is hidden from him is hidden from us. And I understand that from a specific storytelling point, but at the same time, you have to keep me um, immersed within what's going on. You have to make me want to figure out these answers i want to you have to have me i want to know what brad pitt's father does i want to know what you know is going on with you know this type of this but for the most part i was sitting there going okay so that's that and that's that and that's that i wasn't going into this like oh what will this be did you did you like the um the there are probably i'm gonna say three maybe two actiony kind of set pieces uh, that were in this movie, or did you find them annoying? Um. <laughs> well, I, I only mention it because of this. I only mention it because of this. They, to me, are handled really well in that it does give the movie a jolt of energy yeah. when it needs it. Like it's a tiny, it's kind of like a you know how roller coasters you'll get yeah, to you'll get yeah, to a yeah. hill and it's like okay we got another hill and then you go through some stuff and it's like oh it's a hill like it, it kind of felt like the building knew, of yeah it knew when we needed another push forward you know. Those were f- a few far between, but I wasn't going into this looking for an action movie. No, I want to be clear it's about that. It's definitely not an action movie. No, it movie. is the farthest <laughs> thing from an action movie. It's an inaction movie. Yeah. Um, the, for the, me, in all the best ways. For Andrew, not so much. What I could say about uh, one of the final action scenes, it felt so slapstick in a sense that everything happening was accidental. Which I'm going to have to wait till spoilers to get into more details in case you don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. To where I was like, really? So that happened because that accidentally did that. And it was, it felt very slapstickish to me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I did not have that feeling. Okay. But, uh, but we could have some fun talking spoilers. Oh, oh here's another pro slash negative. I understand and I appreciate what they were going for. But I didn't like it. There's a uh, the movie is open ended in w- at the end of you know what you want to believe is you know real and not and stuff like that. You know, um, I appreciate the attempt. I just didn't it didn't work for me. Okay, open ended. Hmm. I would not call this movie open ended. Really, for interpretation 
on a specific. I'll have to like a. We'll wait for. Oh, spoilers. you're talking about a, a specific it, thing. Yeah. That you, it might possibly be real or not. You know. Oh. So. You know, I wondered if this movie would do that. I never felt like it did. So I'm curious to, to okay. hear which part you're you're talking about in that respect. Yeah. Um, anything else about Ad Astra? You know, we don't we don't need to <laughs> no post credit scene <laughs> to get to to get to fisticuffs or anything. Uh, but to, I really wanted to like this movie. I was so stoked for this movie. Yeah, I know. I had a great time. I'm glad. Uh, I it is it is one of my favorite movies of the year for sure. Uh, it will it will be. Um, it's interesting. I I think Brad Pitt's going to win an Oscar this year. I don't, you don't know what movie. Though? I'm not 100 percent sure which movie for. It should be for Once Upon a Time. I think in it Hollywood. will be. I think it will be uh, best supporting actor in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood um, because I think they're going to push him in supporting. I have it at sixth from the bottom of my list. Oh of movies. wow, you really did not like this. No, at all. There's like this, this is about like I'm not like I don't get mad when you don't like a movie, but if you were to start reading some movies you have ranked higher than this, I might start to get mad. <laughs> oh wait. you know what i mean yeah. it's like come on man come on uh but yeah, you probably would us. no no we don't need to go there we don't need to go there uh so big recommend for me a non-recommend a recommend you stay Honest, home from andrew yeah honestly i wouldn't recommend this movie right i can't do it yeah i saw an imax i don't know if that matters I bet the visuals were they, just that much more oof. incredible. Yeah. I just want to know if, if seventh from the bottom is Men in Black. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Why do, you, why do you have to play like this? Men in Black is the second from the bottom. Uh, okay, okay. Fair enough. All right. You redeemed yourself. Look Dumbo you. is the very, very last. <laughs> you just look at you over there trolling. Producer Phil over there trolling, <laughs> trying to get me mad. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, that's at Astra, and you can go make up your own mind, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, we've got a second. We've got a second movie to review, Andrew. Yeah, we do. Ready for this? Let's talk about Rambo: Last Blood. I've lived in a world of death. I've watched people I've loved die. Some fast with a bullet, some not enough left to bury. Yeah, I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. All these years I've kept my secrets. But the time has come to face my past. When a friend's daughter is kidnapped, Rambo crosses the U.S.-Mexico border to bring her home, but finds himself up against one of Mexico's most ruthless cartels. Uh, this is Rambo Last Blood. Uh, we meant we talked before coming in to record this and said that we're not going to worry about spoiling anything in this movie, it's a Rambo movie. because it was spoiled at the moment Rambo was on the screen <laughs> is basically what I said. So uh, I will say if you're going to watch this movie and you think that there are things about this movie you don't want to know, you may want to fast forward a little bit through yeah. this because I'm really not going to worry about it. I am going to say things that happen in the movie that in a typical movie would be considered spoilers yeah. because I do think they're important to the conversation. But it's a Rambo movie, and I think you kind of know where this is going. Yeah. Um, I heard somebody recently say it's taken for the first half in Home Alone for the second half, and I feel like... <laughs> was that Jeremy Johns who said that? I don't, I don't I know. I think it actually was. I don't know. Uh, it may have been somebody <laughs> copying what he said, and that's... Yeah. 
That is true. It's it, it may have been several people very... who said it because it is absolutely 100% true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, about this movie. Uh, other than the Taken part, actually. I mean, it's it kind of is, but it isn't really. I, I said it's Taken in like the darkest timeline. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Because it's, and this will be the first thing I will, I will spoil, but it's not just a kidnapping. Uh, it, this movie is super dark in that first half. Where this girl that that is just this complete innocent lovely girl gets goes goes to Mexico to find her father her lost her father that she's never met who is a horrible person stands in right okay so there's this moment listen I'm sorry I'm just gonna spoil it all I'm just gonna do okay, it first of I'm all just first gonna of do it like it love it oh hate thank you Andrew yeah. thank you thank you for getting us back on track yeah. Uh, I am firmly in the I don't even know what I think camp about this movie. Uh, no, I will say I I'm going to say didn't like it, but I have to say high sided didn't like it because, and I say it for this: if you want to go see a Rambo movie, you know what you're getting you into. You know what you're getting into. You're going to go see a Rambo movie. Now that doesn't appeal to me necessarily, but this movie, and I give movie props movies props for this, and so this is why it's high sided. Don't like didn't like it. This movie knows exactly what movie it is. Yeah. It is 100% confident in the movie that it is. It's just a part a movie that I'm not excited to take part in. Sure. <laughs> so so that's kind of it. And thank you for getting us there. What about you, Andrew? Oh, I hated it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Good, good. I hated it more than Ad Astra. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But, it's okay, like your third your, worst of the year? It's like, yeah, third worst, actually. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. I'm right there with you. I I appreciate a movie that knows what it wants to be and yeah. it succeeds at that. However, whenever I look at the Rambo, you know, First Blood franchise as a whole, this is easily the worst one. Yeah. Um, the Rambo movie before this, where they were in Burma, I actually thought it was a pretty I don't decent like, action. I don't movie. like any of the Rambo movies. Not so even this First Blood. Is, this is not even First Blood. I love I, First Blood. I can Blood. see. I can see why people like First Blood. It just doesn't appeal to me. Yeah, I so, think First Blood is a masterpiece of a sure. movie. Um, and you're not alone in that, by the way. A lot oh, of people yeah. love First Blood. Yeah. Um, but it's sad seeing where First Blood was about and like what that movie was trying to say about you know mm-hmm. being a vet of the Vietnam War and. Sure. stuff like that and then to see where the franchise actually ended up is kind of disheartening because it kind of tarnishes everything that that first movie was about um can i can i get back to the scene i was in sure i yeah. was just getting so excited about telling you about this poor girl so she goes down to mexico to find her father that she's never seen you know of course rambo's like don't go he's never been meant anything to you of course you know he lives in the worst part of town and her friend quote unquote friend brings her down there and so he she goes down there finds him knocks on the door they have a pleasant conversation. And then out for of about nowhere. 20 seconds, he's smiling, he seems likable. Yeah. And she says something, I don't even know what she says. Why did you leave? Yeah, something about why did you leave or something like that. And immediately he starts twirling his mustache. Yeah. Like he doesn't even have a mustache, it's but he's twirling it. Yeah. Uh, he takes three steps towards her so that they're nose to nose. And he says I, things like, I didn't care about you a bit. I didn't care about you and your mom. I hate you why are you like i'm just yeah. like the worst possible things this yeah. girl could ever hear and then you, know, you she thought had shazam against... was hard when shazam heard from his <laughs> oh, mom yeah. this is like that times a million yeah 
Uh, and so she gets this devastating news. So she goes back to, you know, go home and her friend's like, no, don't go home. Why? Because her friend wants to sell her as a sex slave. Yeah. So her friend takes her to a club to introduce her to men who will then kidnap her and put her in slavery to get her hooked on drugs and sell her body to whoever wants to buy it. This is what this girl has gone through in the first 30 minutes of this movie. Yeah. Rambo, of course, goes down, tries to save her, and gets her out of there, but she dies in the car on the way home. Rambo, are there no hospitals in in Mexico? Or CPR? Or anything? You're just going to drive? Yeah. This this child that's dying? I just, oh, this movie, man. Like, I just, that is one thing, and again, the reason I don't mind spoiling it is just because I think you got to know, if you're going into a Rambo movie, the vengeance is going to come from a dark place, and it's the way that these movies... Uh, justify is probably too strong of a word, but it's the way that they justify the Home Alone part of the movie, which is just pure, unadulterated carnage retribution. And that's what Rambo is. So so anyways, Andrew, you talk for a little bit. I've (laughs) I've said my piece. So um, if you saw the last Rambo movie, like I said, where he went to Burma, it was easily a, a... up for in as far as torture graphic violence than all the other rainbows all the rainbow movies he just shot people with an arrow and they just fell down old spaghetti western style like you know right yeah and then in burma he was like blowing people away with a giant 50 cow like people's heads were exploding this movie goes full torture porn yeah there's a scene where he's ripping well, a okay. guy's collarbone out of his... Yes. Oh. Yes. He grabs the collarbone and slowly just rips it out uh-huh. of his yeah, shoulder. Yeah, he breaks it. He, yeah. He, 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 he pierces his fingers yeah. through the guy's like neck skin yeah. and then grabs the collarbone, snaps it, and then just starts bending it and, back to and torture the, the guy. the marrow starts leaking out. <laughs> it was very, very graphic. If that description grossed you out just now, don't go see this. <laughs> Oh, because that's the most tame part of as far as graphic. Oh, it's violence. all. I mean, it's it's all like that. You yeah. know, that is interesting. You said torture porn. I was like, is it torture porn? That scene definitely. That is kind of that thing. The Home Alone part of the movie, where it's <laughs> where you know it's this group of a. I'm going to say a hundred. Even though they uh, only cartel. had eight cars. <laughs> yeah, even though they only had eight cars. There's like a hundred of this cartel that comes to get him at his base that he has fortified in the tunnels. Which, that's and, very convenient. And uh, and he, in those kills aren't really torture porn. They're just, again, gory. Home Alone style. They're very gory, but it's immediate. He's not torturing anybody. He's, yeah. you know, the, <laughs> as soon as a, a booby trap you know, impales them, he's blowing their heads off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, which I found hilarious that he's that he's double, triple killing oh, people. <laughs> yeah, that was the funniest part. People are, are clearly dead. People are clearly dead by these traps. Yeah. And he still has to go up and, like, just for example, off. just in a, in, a, in a basic, you know, uh, a fall trap, he's got yeah. metal spikes down below. These these guys fall, and they're impaled by four or five different spikes all the way through the, the core of their body. And through their heads. And, and through stuff. their heads, and he still blows their head off with a machine, or not a machine gun, Shotgun. but a rifle. Yeah. So it's just, it's that kind of ridiculousness, and I'm yeah. just like... 
Man, it's just the, the time on every one of those, the timing that you knew exactly when somebody was going to do that booby trap so you could finish oh, yeah. finish the job. And then he filled up a shotgun shell with magnesium. <laughs> the incendiary, the yeah. incendiary and shells. And he shot those two dudes with that bluish hellfire and they melted. <laughs> That was just the craziest stuff, man. Um, it, and yeah, like you said, it's very Home Alone. If Home Alone was dealt realistic? with dealt with you know actual physics, yeah, because yeah, it's it, it's it's ridiculous. It is, but it super wants to be silly. ridiculous. I think so. I think it's exactly the movie it wants to be. Yeah, pins him up to the wall with four arrows. Oh and, my gosh! And literally, now that's pulls, torture porn. Literally pulls his beating heart out of his chest. Yeah. So, like, not Indiana Jones style, you know, where it's just oh, no. all of a sudden, all of a sudden, there's a heart in his hand. No, it's full on carving he's, out his ribs, uh, opening him up, <laughs> grabbing his heart, and then pulling it out and showing it to him. <laughs> he was not alive, uh, uh, like in Temple of Doom. No, no, no. Rambo, Rambo killed that man. Yes, he did. He, <laughs> he killed, killed all the he, men. He killed. He killed that man. Good. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. That's that's pretty much the whole movie. Now you know that is literally the movie. Yeah, there's there's really nothing else to it. I it, it, there's I, I guess we're supposed to feel a little a little bad for the mom who lost her daughter, but we barely spent any her time. Mom. Or yeah, that it was, was an, an aunt. aunt. Yeah, yeah, the aunt who lost her daughter or her her niece, mm-hmm. uh, but that wasn't even really really addressed here's very the thing much. the movie does like it shows him having like vietnam flashbacks and stuff like that i thought that was going to be a more integral part of the story you know like yeah the, he's you know getting up there in age so now he's having a more difficult time keeping a grasp on reality and stuff like that that could have been a very interesting you know story arc for this movie but no the movie just tries to do this plain simple gory action movie and yeah, it's just a revenge movie yeah it's all it is it's a revenge gore movie uh it, it it's it's fascinating i think this is some ways maybe a horror movie is it a horror movie i don't know i no, it's it's, it's more along the lines of like hostile yeah when it's just torture porn i don't know uh i was i was surprised at the restraint of the movie in one way uh, there, or maybe this was just too clever for the movie. At the very beginning, Rambo has made a letter opener for this this girl, and she's like, "Come on, nobody uses, nobody mails things anymore." Yeah, uh, I was very surprised that he didn't cut out the guy's heart with the letter opener. Well, he cut the, guy's, the end. He cut the guy's head off with the letter opener. What? Remember the uh, his brother, like the two cartel brothers, right? Uh-huh. He uh, he had a. Uh, the picture of her, you know, stabbed through the, uh-huh. the headless dude with that letter opener. So I guess we're led uh, to believe that he cut her head off with that let cut his head off with that letter opener. Well, the movie didn't have any restraint, no restraint, no restraint whatsoever. Yeah. Well, there's that. Scene. I totally missed that though. Yeah. I can't believe it. I can't believe I missed that. There's that scene where um, he's getting the crap kicked out of him, you know, yeah. and he immediately went to. Round nine of the first Rocky movie face, you know, there's a the cut me, you know, that one. Well, then there was the journalist that patched oh, I'm him glad up. She was in the movie because she meant nothing to anything but to patch him up. Yeah, really. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that it, it's it's a movie. Uh, Rambo Last Blood. Do you think it will be the last Rambo movie? Yeah, I, he's 73, 74 years old now. Yeah. 
And it's called Last Blood because I think this is his farewell. It's sad that he didn't go out on the last Rambo movie, which I actually enjoyed. I thought that was a fun movie. Uh, this one's no, not no, it's not, not so much fun. Well, there you go. Thoughts on Rambo: Last Blood, uh, just for you. Before we head on to the best ever challenge, huge, huge thank you to our Sif Pop members. You are the best. Uh, you have allowed us this year to do some pretty incredible stuff with your uh, membership because of your membership that starts at three bucks a month. Uh, we have turned this podcast that you are listening to uh, into an actual video show on YouTube uh, that you can go check out. We had some fun actually. Uh, it's interesting because we'll chat with the people on YouTube before we actually start recording the audio for the show. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of a fun part of it. So all that stays in the video file. So if you want to go uh, subscribe to Sif Pop on YouTube, that's awesome. But we're only able to do that because of the support, uh, you know, the equipment, uh, having producer fill in here, having all this stuff, you know, the lighting, all that kind of stuff is only happened because of your incredible support. So thank you so much for going to patreon.com slash Sif Pop and being uh, becoming part of the Sif Pop community. Lots of fun perks there uh, oh, yeah. as well that you can check out. Um, so we do appreciate that very, very much. Again, it's patreon.com slash Sif Pop. All right. Uh, let's move on to our best ever challenge. We're doing Brad Pitt movies, Andrew. We're going to list them all pretty much. Not all of them. <laughs> I don't like every single Brad Pitt movie. Uh, let's go number five to number one. Uh, okay. What do you got at your number five? Snatch. Okay. It was in my honorable mentions. Yeah. I think this is his most fun character that he's done. Besides, um, I forget the name of his character from Burn After Reading. But I think that, uh, I think it's Mickey is the character's name in Snatch. I think this is his the most fun he's ever had doing a character and that really comes across on screen. You know, you just fall in love with this, uh, this, uh, this Irish gypsy, you know, who you can't understand a word he's saying. He's like, like, what did he say? That's, and that's the whole joke of the movie is nobody understands what Brad Pitt's saying in it. But this movie's just so... Uh, it's... what? Uh, what's the guy's name? Guy Ritchie, you know? It, it's a like pure Guy Ritchie. It's right yeah. after Lockstock. He did this movie. And uh, I think I read somewhere Brad Pitt did this movie for free. Because he loved Lockstock so much, yeah, I've heard he said, too. "I'll do your next movie for free. Just let me oh, wow. be in it." And now uh, oh, this movie's great. Um, I'll just say this right now: uh, any director that's listening, I'll do your next movie for free too. Just because I love everything you've done, <laughs> so uh, yeah. just just let me know. Give me a call. Exactly. It is funny how that that turns into something good when you're actually a well-known actor mm -hmm. but if you've never been in anything it's like it's well, desperate it's, it's right yeah of course you do it for free uh producer phil i have rearranged my top five uh so thank you for okay. you, you know your patience with me uh i'm gonna go with 12 monkeys at number five honorable mentions um so what honorable mentions for oh, me. it's in your honorable mentions. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I'm not doing honorable mentions. I got 12 monkeys in my top five. <laughs> I just said that. Uh, this should be an indication as to how many Brad Pitt movies I really love. Because I love 12 I monkeys. It is one of my favorite movies. I It is the, the movie I go to, uh, to, to talk about time travel done right. 
it is fascinating, brilliant performances. I heard somebody call Brad Pitt's performance in this overacting, and I'm like, I'm, I think it's really good it's, acting. It's I his think first he's, Oscar nomination. He's, he's willing to be, you know, a little bit strange here. So, um, so yeah, I, I enjoy Twelve Monkeys very much. So I had it at number five. No, I'm right there. I get it, man. It's good. What's your number four? Inglorious Bastards. I have it at number three, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, you have it at number three, so. You want me to go ahead? Yeah. Uh, one of the best openings in movie history. We've talked about oh, before. Oh, so, so tense. Uh, again, Brad Pitt, one of his greatest performances. Yeah. Uh, I love the way he embodies this character physically. I love the way he embodies this character verbally, sonically, the way he sounds in this mm-hmm. in this part. Arrivederci. It's <laughs> just amazing. <laughs> uh, and this this movie to me is uh, the ter- type of Tarantino I can get into, yeah. which is uh, kind of the type of Tarantino he has decided to become in his later years, where it's it's much more kind of time time revenge. You know, in this way yeah. to to take his predilection for uh, gore and revenge and turn it into correcting the wrongs of time. I'm so, trying to remember, is this his first linear movie? Mm, I don't, I would not be able to tell you that. I think it is. I think this is his first movie that's told linearly. Because all of his movies, he was known as the guy who created, you know, the jumping forward and back sure. in time and stuff. Even though he didn't. But, yeah. uh, well, that's but what he, yeah. his coining was right yeah uh but no the movie is incredible performances all around uh it's great love it uh so my number four yes you'll probably trump me on this i have fight club at number four oh yeah uh so we'll talk about that here in a little bit uh what's your number three it's got seven what's that seven oh okay I know, it's crazy. <laughs> My number three is seven. <laughs> I was like, we don't even do top seven, Andrew. Yeah. No, we used to do top ten, I thought. Yeah, we, did we? I think we did. We did that for a second, didn't we? Yeah, that's I think funny. we gave we up just, on it. Well, no, I think it was just a psychological thing where I we did five for so long that one week I forgot that we had gone to ten, and then yeah. we've just been back at five forever. And I felt Nobody right called in, us on it. I fell right back into it. By too. the way, somebody told me what the, the bet was. What was it? Do, do you want to know? Yes. Um, I've already forgotten. No, it was uh, something... What was it? Oh, uh, Tag. You thought Tag would make more money than Mission Impossible yeah. Fallout. That's what it was. And I said, there's no possible way Tag is going to make more money than Mission Impossible Fallout. It did not. No, no, it did not. Nothing made me. So thank you for that steak dinner last week. And thank you for... Uh, rem- there were a couple of people, actually, that remembered that. So, oh, good, good. So we appreciate that. let that. you know how bad our memories are. But, uh, but yeah, if we ever, we've ever just randomly go backwards, you know, into doing something, <laughs> feel free and let us know. Yeah. We can do 10. We certainly could have done 10 on this one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and I think we went to 10 because the website does 10. So at sifpop.com, oh, right. when you go to the best ever challenge there, the sifpop.com writers who are doing incredible work, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love the stuff they're doing. Uh, they do a top 10 with some honorable mentions, that kind of stuff. So uh, you can go check out their Brad Pitt movies at sifpop.com uh, as well. But yeah, let's go ahead and do five this week and maybe we'll move it back to 10. Maybe we'll kind of go back and forth depending on the category. Yeah, some of them you can't think of 10. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But this this one definitely. definitely we could have done top 20 probably for this one easily yeah but uh talking about seven uh this is really just a fascinating you know david venture crime drama morgan freeman's you know chewing up scenery even kevin spacey for the limited amount of time he's actually on screen and the ending of this movie is so uh 
uh, mocked and you know mimicked now you know and what's in the box what's in the box exactly you know what's in the box but if you think about it that the ending of this movie is insane yeah and you know it kind of gets thrown up there with a usual suspects ending you know the kaiser soze ending you know of like craziest endings you know in movie history mm-hmm. um it's a trope now but back in the day when this first came it's out a meme, man. it was insane i yeah. love this movie i, I had it's, definitely it's, had it in my honorable mentions it's a rough movie to get through because nothing hap- nothing happy no. in this movie no nothing good yeah, nothing, so that's my number three. Nothing good. Uh, that would have been in my top ten if we had done ten. But, nice. But no, it's on honorable mentions. <laughs> uh, my number three we talked about on Glorious Bastards, so yep. I guess we'll go to your number your two. Your number two. My number two? I thought you were going oh, first. Okay. Uh, true Romance. Nice. Good choice. Definitely in my honorable mentions. Uh, Probably I'm, somewhere around number 12 for me. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brad Pitt's in this movie for what? Two scenes yeah. two three scenes yeah. two yeah. three seconds two three seconds of two three scenes yeah um this movie has one of the most stacked like casting like crew listings yeah. ever it's high on my revisit list i haven't revisited true romance in a long time and when i watched it last time um i was much more distracted by things like you know language and violence you know based on my upbringing that kind of stuff yeah. and so uh, I'd like to rewatch it again and, and give it more of a, a fair shake with my current eyes. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a top 100 movie for me. Yeah. Um, just listen to this cast just to get you you know excited for it if you've never heard of this movie, because I don't think a lot of people have seen this movie. Um, so you got Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt, Christopher Walken, uh, Sam Jackson, wow. James Gandolfini... Uh, Tom Sizemore, and then it's directed by Tony Scott, and it's written by Quentin Tarantino. Wow. I mean, that's literally everybody amazing in Hollywood is in this movie. Right. Um, the story is incredible. It feels so much like a Tarantino movie. It feels like he directed it because it just has that ridiculous factor to it. Mm-hmm. But it also has that beautiful stylization that Tony Scott, you know, can bring to all brought to all of his movies. So no, I love love True Romance. I was surprised by how much I loved it. Very nice. Uh, my number two is Moneyball. Yep. Um, Moneyball is man. That movie. Every time I watch it, it gets better. Really? Uh, yeah, I just, it's one of those things where I, I, it's, I mean, it's a great performance, but it almost feels basic in some ways. Uh, but it's just because it's so relaxed and believable. Genuine. It's genuine. Yeah. It just, it feels right. And I just, I really dig Moneyball. I think, uh, Jonah Hill was actually the one that steals that movie. Yeah. Um, I love the, he keeps pointing at Jonah Hill. He, he gets on base. Yeah. That's why we want him, because he gets on base. <laughs> the scene with uh, Chris Pratt, when it was Brad Pitt, Chris Pratt, and I forget the actor's name, but they're yeah. trying to convince him to play first base, yeah. and he's not a first base player, yeah, yeah. is one of the funniest scenes of that whole movie, just because they came up with this weird algorithm. And you know me, I don't like baseball, but I love baseball movies, because mm-hmm. they find a way to make it interesting somehow. Yeah. So, yeah, Moneyball is definitely one of the best baseball movies yeah I, I i dig it it's my number two yeah what's your number one well you kind of know what it is now it's fight club it's fight club yeah where is my mind um crazy movie it's one of those movies i think we've talked about before where no matter how old this movie gets you never want to spoil it for those who haven't seen it yeah um amazing performances amazing 
premise, very unique, original movie. Uh, I saw this movie several years after it was released mm -hmm. and had no clue about anything. And it got me good. Yeah. Like, it nailed me. It's one of those movies where after you see it for the first time, if you don't know repeater. anything about it, you want to see it again It's a repeater. Yeah. yeah. And even now, whenever I watch it... Uh, by the way, this is a top ten movie of all time for me. Um, I think it's top five, actually. But... Um, no matter how many times I watch it now, I'm still picking up on stuff. Yeah. You st you notice one little extra thing. or uh, It's really well done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. So your number one would be... Do you want to guess? Yeah, let's go. I was actually surprised it wasn't 12 Monkeys, but I'm going to go with Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Okay. It's not 12, it's 11. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just... I, this movie's pure joy for me. Yeah. I, I, I continue to watch it. I, I watched it with uh, my children recently. Um, it's just, I, I just love every second of this movie. I could watch it over and over and over and over again. It might be six or seven on my top ten yeah. list. I, I, and I, again, I don't know that that has to be true for everybody. I just find Clooney and Pitt in this movie so charismatic. Yeah. I just want to spend my life with them. I just yeah. want to hang out with them. You're Matt Damon in this movie. <laughs> yes. you, you're like, oh, these guys are great. I just want to hang out with them. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I, yeah, I dig everything about this movie. It's my, totally on my wavelength. Yeah, it's the the ensemble is up there with like uh, Star Trek, you know, like mm -hmm. how everybody works so perfectly with each other. My one qualm with this movie, and it's for the entire Oceans series, even the newest one, is the amount of money they're spending to pull off these heists is ridiculous more for, than they're making for for how much money they're actually getting you know possibly yeah could be but uh it's it's also fun because you're you're never ahead of them yeah like you find out everything you try and you know put it together the best you can but once you see like how they pull everything off you're like oh it's so obvious i should have picked up on that mm -hmm. and it's so clever and fun yeah you get to experience it as it's happening which mm -hmm. is really brilliant i yeah. love that so there you go there's our top five so many honorable mentions you just want to go back and forth <laughs> yeah that'd be good um, i'm gonna mark all yours off real quick let's go back and forth and i actually have mine in a little bit of an order so i'll go i'll go down my list quality wise i'll say mine i'll just uh, say right now mine is definitely not in order the one that almost made the list is once upon a time in hollywood and the only reason it didn't is because it's still so close i need to give it a little more time um but it definitely did want to mention it in honorable mentions nice. what do you got Babel. really i love Babel. Uh, i think Babel's. i think we've had this conversation have we I don't know. I mean, I it, it feels very much like uh, probably the crash conversation, mm. which is which is kind of a similar movie yeah, in a lot of spider ways. Web effect the movies. spider web effect movies, and I think you really dig that. I, I do. I don't mind spider web effect movies uh, if if I'm if I'm buying into the characters in it and I'm buying into the relationship of the yeah. spider web and I don't do that in either Babel or crash. I just, I just can't buy in. I think that's why I really like, uh, the guy Ritchie movies. Like if you look at snatch and, mm -hmm. uh, Lockstock, those are, you know, spider web slash butterfly effect movies mm -hmm. too. Um, so I, I guess that's just something I'm really drawn to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I get it. Uh, fury. I love Fury. Is so good. It's crazy good. Um, and I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. Yeah. What else you got? The movie with the longest title in history. <laughs> That's my next one, too. The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Yeah. This was my number six. 
Yeah, this good. is that movie's great. It's insanely good. This might be what I consider Brad Pitt's best performance. Yeah, it is so on the money, and Casey Affleck is just chewing up this movie. Right. Oh, and uh, I love that the narration, which we didn't even talk about in Ad Astra, how Brad Pitt narrates. Mm-hmm. Uh, that didn't work for me at all. And there's narration in here. I can't remember the guy who does it. It sounds like Alec Baldwin, but it's not Alec Baldwin. But the the narration is just so beautiful and the uh cinematography in assassination of jesse jesse james is up there with some of the best cinematography free it is a great movie it really is uh my next one i'll mention is the big short yep i'll mark that one off which is kind of in his career he kind of has gone through recently uh like just doing not cameos really but playing small parts (laughs) in movies that he's yeah uh producing Mm-hmm. And Big Short is kind of one of those. Although his part in Big Short is not tiny. No, um, and he was not afraid to look old. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> which is crazy. You look at Brad Pitt in Big Short, which came out in, what, 2013 or 14, uh-huh. something like that? And then you see him now in 2019 in Ad Astra, and he looks 20 years younger. Or in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, when he takes exactly. off his shirt. Yeah. Uh, everybody in the everybody in the theater faints. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my next one is Burn After Reading. I mentioned yeah, it earlier. on my list, too. This It's one of the funniest um, Coen Brothers movies out yeah. there. It's so good. Uh, yeah, I think it's Solid Tier Conan. Yeah. Cohen, I should say, not Conan. Conan that's, a totally different, that's a totally different person. <laughs> yeah. uh, 12 Years a Slave is another one of those movies that he produced cameo. and has a kind of a cameo part in. Got his first Oscar for that movie. Yeah. World War Z. Yep, definitely on my list. I like that movie. It's I'm excited fun. to see that franchise uh, grow. That'll be fun. They canceled it. Did they? they that was one of our like buried treasures. Is this my like, swap swap thing moment? Yeah, you just breaking my heart right yeah. on the screen. They no, that was a buried treasure. Like what? Five months ago, I think. Yeah, oh, I can- knew something changed with it. I didn't realize they were just never yeah, but doing David World Fincher War Yeah, David canceled the sequel. Oh, I know. It makes me so sad. Yeah, potential wasted. Uh, Legends of the Fall probably Good deserves one. mentioning. Here's one that people are going to hate me for. Meet Joe Black. Yeah. I, why? I like that movie. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I don't have anything to say about it. So if you want, if you have something to say about it. No, it's just that. You just enjoy I, it. I, I, I enjoy that movie and I, I understand why people don't like All it. All right. Next on my list is, I do, I'm going to be honest. I don't remember him being in this movie and maybe I got bad information from IMDb. Okay. Contact. The Jodie Foster movie, movie yeah. where it's speaking of space movies that are metaphors about parenting. Uh, I, the, I, when IMDb, it said he was in Contact. I don't remember that. But anyways, I love Contact, so I had to put it on my list if he is. Um, but we can continue on. No, now I gotta... <laughs> you gotta know? Yeah, I gotta know. I, I don't know. I just Maybe I got bad information. I, so. I, am, I don't see it in IMDb. Good. Yeah. Good. Forget it. Forget I even mentioned it. Yeah. Maybe it's just on my brain because of Ad Astra. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Boo. I love that movie. Yeah, that, that I don't. I, I there, <laughs> You either love that movie or you hate that movie. There's no middle yeah. ground for it. Yeah. Uh, River Runs Through It. Great movie. Troy. Man, you have, we're going to mention all of his movies because you keep mentioning these bad Brad Pitt movies Troy that you love. Troy is an amazing movie. <laughs> I will stand by Troy. Troy. Really? Troy is a great movie. Uh, okay. I don't remember thinking that. In fairness, I haven't seen it since the one time when I didn't enjoy it. Go back and watch it. You you might be surprised. I uh, have to mention Deadpool 2. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll take that one off. If you want to talk about the shortest cameo in the history it's of great. cameos, literally a split second. Yeah, if that. Uh, and a movie that you were gonna give me flack for again? <laughs> really? Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. No, I've got it on mine. I like that. movie. I like that movie too. Yeah. I think that movie is underrated. Yeah, they're both so charming in that movie. Him yeah. and Angelina Jolie. Uh, Thelma and Louise, of course, kind of oh, yeah. where he kind of broke a... onto the screen. Exactly. Uh, do you have any more? Uh, you go ahead, man. You got the rest. Mega Mind, I think, is worth mentioning. I never saw it. Uh, Interview with a Vampire, probably worth mentioning. I wasn't a fan. And a movie I wasn't a fan of, but probably worth mentioning, Tree of Life. Oh, yeah. Terrence Malick is a mm-hmm. weird bird. I can't. I cannot get into a Malick movie. I can't think of a Malick movie that I like, which is which is weird. Because everybody, I mean, not everybody, but he's so well-respected. I think it's the artistry thing that people love. But, man, I just, I cannot get into his movies. How you felt about Ad Astra is how I feel watching Terrence Malick movies. I'm just like, yeah, I see the beautiful stuff on the screen, but what is going on? And why am I bored out of my skull? Yeah, um, That's kind of me watching Malick. So. Uh, Thin Red Line. I like Thin Red Line. Yeah, I didn't. Um, but again, I'm going through his whole thing here. I get I'm it. like, no, 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 <laughs> no. Uh, let's move on to our buried treasure. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture, Andrew, that you want to let people know about? I want to give props real quick to Phil because I was producer in, Phil to producer. He Phil. deserves all the props. Yeah, because I sent him or I forgot to send him an update for my buried treasure because I. I was like, no, no, because I, you know, I thought I think I talked about uh, a movie recently, mm-hmm. or not recently, but I already made it a buried treasure. So I'm like, yeah. no, I need to fix it, and uh, he fixed it for me right before the show started. So, well, that producer Phil, he's, yeah, he's on his game. I'm gonna say something, Aaron. Oh, yeah, it's okay. gonna shock you. Okay. Right now, I am enjoying Marvel comics more than DC comics. What? I know. What is going on? I know. What's happening? Is it is it is it the movie effect? Is it no. kind of just the, that those characters are more in the pop culture consciousness, and so you're enjoying their stories more? No, I think that okay. they're just better stories right now. Wow, interesting. And the one I'm reading right now is Carnage: Family Feud. It is phenomenal. This the, is this is uh, in like the Venom Spider-Man world. Yes, okay. it's the three main characters for the story arc are Iron Man, Spider-Man, and Carnage. And um, you have to kind of know some of the uh, uh, backstory going into this because it ties into another storyline that deals with Carnage in them. So Sentry, who is a Marvel character that a lot of people don't know about because he's not in the MCU, but very famous uh, for comic book fans, uh, sent Carnage into space uh, with uh, uh, what's ah, not Slade Wilson because that's DC. Um, Cletus Cassidy, who is, you know, the body that uh, right. Carnage... And, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, exactly. Woody Harrelson. Um, <laughs> uh, so he, they're both up in space prison now, and uh, somebody uh, brings them back down to Earth to try and create uh, symbiotic soldiers using Carnage, and uh, it's up to Iron Man and Spider-Man to fight them off, and it's a series that I think is about six uh, episode or comics episodes in and the art style is incredible the story is fascinating it's definitely one to pick up interesting it kind of makes it like a little even more sad that sony and marvel aren't working out their differences right because you could do oh, this yeah. in although i guess in the mcu iron man's iron gone man's so dead, yeah. you'd have to do like a prequel of some sort but yeah but no man this is 
it's a great story. I'm sorry, by the way, spoilers it. for anybody who <laughs> hasn't gotten around to Endgame yet. Yeah, uh, we don't care about those people. <laughs> yeah, he's wrong. We do care about you. We just think we can't believe that you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> there you go. Uh, what you got? I got Righteous Gemstones. Uh, finally got around to checking out the new HBO show about uh, mega church pastors from Danny McBride. Ooh, I haven't heard um, of this. So Danny McBride, John Goodman, and Adam Devine are kind of the three main uh, gemstone preachers, and it's about this family who has a mega church and kind of what's going on behind the scenes and i don't want to give a lot away about the plot but there is actually an undergirding plot to the season that i find fascinating uh danny mcbride is really funny and what's interesting one of the interesting things about danny mcbride is somehow amongst all of you know the 2019 Tiptoeing around eggshells, Danny McBride just says whatever he wants. <laughs> like I, don't know. It's I appreciate kinda, that. No, it's kind of one of those things where, for whatever reason, he just doesn't get called on it. There's there's some really fascinating things uh, going on here uh, in the content department. Uh, John Goodman is so good in this. He is he is the one character in this that feels authentic, and that might sound like a little bit of a slam on the show, and maybe in some ways it is. The Adam Devine character, the Danny McBride character, feel like caricatures. They feel yeah. like a comedy. It feels like they're they're meant to make you laugh, be over the top, that kind of thing. Whereas John Goodman, I actually feel some pathos from that character. Like it feels like an authenticity to him as kind of the father of the yeah. the crew. So now sometimes with a show like that where you have characters that are playing on a caricature and then you have others that are being genuine, it kind of doesn't mesh well. How does that work for the show? It seems to be working okay. Okay. Um, it hasn't gotten in the way too much. Um, their sister, uh, played by Eddie Patterson, it's either Eddie or Edie. Um, she is Edie. Is it Edie Patterson? I think so. She's in kind of their same lane as just being kind of over the top. Walton Goggins is in this. Love as, Walton Goggins. Uh, a like a, uh, in, either an in law. Yeah, I think he's the brother of John Goodman's uh, ex, not ex wife, uh, past wife. Mm. Um, not past P A S T. Past P A S S E D. Yes, his wife. Late who is, wife. His late. Thank you. I knew there had to be an English <laughs> phrase for it. Uh, yes, of John Goodman's late wife. It's it's her brother. Uh, his character is also very hilarious. Um, so it is to, a comedy then. Oh, it's one hundred percent a comedy. Yeah. Uh, even John Goodman is really funny. There's just something more to his performance that the others don't have, and I think it's just because he's a phenomenal actor. Uh, and again, that sounds like I'm saying the others aren't. If they are, they're not. Putting that effort into it's just it here. he's on a different level. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Now, uh, as somebody who finds my faith important to my life, there is a little bit of this that I kind of go like, uh, you know, I don't want people to think that all mega church pastors are like this. You but know, you have there to understand that there are mega that are well, like- and there certainly is a a uh, a positive in exploring the weird and commercialism of mega churches and that kind of stuff in a comedic way where we can kind of pull that out and go okay what's up with this kind of thing i I find all that valuable um but this movie is so over the top it would be similar i think to boy maybe i shouldn't even say this um but i would say it would be similar to any other group of people who see themselves on screen as a caricature right and you go okay I get it. I, you know, I get that we're doing something here, and but at the same time, I also want the show that shows more of an authentic version of you know what a person can look like. Because that kind you, of thing. Um, 
it at you're, some point, you're personally uh, it, it it affects you personally. I know these people. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I I know these people, and it's it's kind of one of those things where I totally get what we're doing here. I'm laughing too. I think it's hilarious, uh, and I'm not even offended. It's not it's not a matter of being offended. It's just a matter of it is one area where the other part of it doesn't seem balanced out you know the mm-hmm. the authentic people in my life people of faith i see in my life yeah i don't necessarily see that show anywhere and so it stands out a little bit more does yeah. that make sense oh, it totally I, i'm does. not trying to be because again this is a recommend i think the show is really funny yeah it's um, your buried treasure <laughs> and it's uh in again it's hbo so as mentioned the content is definitely blue but um but yeah, it's it's a good time. So that's righteous gemstones. Sweet. So there you go. We did it, man. Yeah, we did. We, we talked about two awful movies we, today. We went all all the way to Neptune and came back with a podcast. Yeah. A, about a great movie called Ad Astra. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see this great movie. Very nice. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA, one word, in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for coming by, hanging out. Oh, thank you. Talking about movies he hates. Yeah. It's always, you know, a bummer of a week, but uh, <laughs> maybe we'll find a good one in there. Go see Downton Abbey. Maybe you'll love Downton Abbey. I gotta see the show first. Well, maybe. You know, that's what we should talk about in our member post show. Actually, I should review Downton Abbey okay. as a Downton Abbey, Abbey fan. Uh, huge thanks to producer Phil for creating this amazing video show that you get to see on YouTube and also editing the audio show that you get to hear in your ears. Uh, much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. And you're still laughing at the idea that you could hear anything anywhere other than your ears. I am. It's because uh, I'm a dumb kid. Support <laughs> starts at three bucks a month and you get access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks, including a monthly video hangout. Find out all the information at patreon.com slash sifpop. If you want to connect with us, uh, feel free to comment, rate, throw some stars at us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can email us, feedback at sifpop.com. Uh, and finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than caring for space baboons. Uh, we will be doing some spoilers uh, for Ad Astra. Uh, that should be showing up in your feed as well. And then next week we'll be doing our 2019 TV Awards. Uh, and maybe also taking a look at The Laundromat uh, from Netflix. So we'll catch you next week for that. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.